Welcome to the Zeitgeist 19 curated podcast, exploring the spirit of now through the lens of art and sustainability. Your hosts are Farah Piria and Elizabeth Zhovkova. In today's episode, co-hosted with our dear friend Kiana Talefour, we chat with the most incredible new Shatavakolian an Iranian photographer whose powerful work reflects on realism and morality, on social injustice and exploitation, on gender inequality and violence, as Nusha advocates for human rights, female voices in oppressed environments, covering wars, challenging conflicts and crises around the world. Hello everyone, welcome to Zeitgeist 19. We have two truly special ladies here today. Nusha, thank you so much for your time, your energy, and I'm so excited about this chat we are going to have. And Kiana, I can't thank you enough for this introduction and your role as my co-host today. Nusha, uh, shall we start from the very beginning? How was the social and political consciousness shaping and reflecting in you throughout your life and career? First of all, I want to thank you all for inviting me here. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. Um, um, in Iran, individuality, I mean, having individual desire and dreams always uh, was um, as if, if you desire to be individual, it was as if you are, in a, you are a black sheep in a family. So, and also the community. And much of emphasizing was often places on collective concerts and being in the service of the collective, for instance, the nation. So I, along with many other young Iranians, we raised to care for collective concerns rather than personal ones. And that um, topic really, I think, shaped my work. Uh, when I was 16, actually, let me start from the very beginning. When I was 16, I left school uh, because I had dyslexia and I could not um, continue studying at school, especially with a very dry uh, curriculum system of uh, education in Iran. So um, I was daydreaming, I was um, more into singing and dancing, but I could not do any of these things uh, because it was quite... uh, um, dry uh, system and um, in that time I'm talking about 20 maybe seven to eight years ago uh, so the curriculum was not like the way it is now now it changed we have that we have many art schools we have um, according to your interest you can uh, take a part in different um, system uh, and different classes. But in that time, it was uh, very united and you could not do anything out of the box. So I left school when I was 16. And uh, by chance, um, actually, my life, it's uh, lots of uh, things happened because of small accidents. Uh, by chance, um, I um, uh, had, uh, uh, I mean, not me, my family, they had the camera. And my mother, she told me that, okay, if you don't want to go to school, it's your responsibility. 
we're not gonna bug you do whatever you want but think of yourself later when you don't have any skills you don't have education and what can you do you should just get married and when she said that I went crazy and for like weeks I was thinking what should I do in my life and then I decided to become a photographer go to school learn how to take pictures and I did that and for half a year I was studying photography at the school and uh, after half a year one day I was sitting in a cab because in Iran we have this share cab you share a cab with other passengers uh, that they have the same destination as you. And um, it was a guy next to me and I had my camera with me. He said, are you a photographer? I said, yes. He said, oh, there is this newspaper that is just going to open up. It's called Women Newspaper. Maybe you can go work there. And instead of going home, straight away I went to that newspaper and I asked for a job. Of course, I was only 16. I was not a great photographer. Actually, I was a very bad photographer. I could only like take pictures, which is not flu. You know, I was the beginner and um, they didn't give me job. And I insist, I really ins insist. And after like two weeks of going to the newspaper, they said, okay, you can become telephonist of this newspaper because we cannot become a photographer. First of all, you're very young. We cannot send you to places. And second, you are not a good photographer. I agreed. Um, I started to answering the telephones at, in, at the newspaper. And, but at the same time, I was all the time taking pictures when I had free time. And I would go to photo desk and I was showing my work. And actually, I start like five months later, I became a photographer in that newspaper. And that is what that was my um, that was the beginning of my journey as a photographer. And the interesting part was that um, while I was taking pictures and I was in inside the society going everywhere, because they would give me topics that I had to come up with pictures for the paper. It was the reform era of Iran. It was the beginning of a reformist time and uh, the president of Iran for the first time was a reformist president Khatami, which was elected by 20 million people, 20 million young people full of hopes, full of dreams. And this is how I started taking pictures of those people who they were kind of same age as me or older. And it was a new beginning for us. And that was very interesting. And this is how I started. I, I continued my work. Thank you, Nusha, for sharing your inspiring story. And um, in the beginning, how about moving a bit further? Would you please expand on the shift that you took from photojournalism to art photography in your career? Being an artist and a photojournalist, how do you bridge the two? Um, you know, from the certain point onwards, documenting as a photojournalist did not really satisfy me anymore. Uh, when I turned 30, uh, I experienced a big shift in my work. 
uh, and I decided to do personal project because until uh, then I was afraid of my judgment, of my knowledge, of my political, my social point of view. I was doubting myself and I was thinking I'm not ready. So I was only documenting what was happening in front of me. But when I turned 30, actually, I gave a gift to myself. And that gift was not being scared. Because if you are scared, you can never move on and you can never grow. Even if you make a mistake, you do mistakes. And then by making mistakes, you learn from those mistakes. So I decided to give a gift to myself and to make my first solo exhibition, which was um, about um, women singers in Iran who cannot sing solo. Um, uh, it was quite personal topic because I always wanted to become a singer myself when I was a child, when I was a teenager. But then that uh, dream and wish that was, uh, put, uh, was put aside when I found an, another tool that I could express, which was photography. And um, <clears throat> as I said, it was personal, but it was still a social subject. Um, the project Listen was about women voices uh, of Iranians um, who cannot sing publicly unless they are back vocal singers for a male uh, lead singers. So I created uh, these um, imaginary CD covers for them. And I made uh, around 8,000 CD cases with the titles of their albums, with, uh, with the images which I took uh, for each one of these women. There were uh, 16 total. And um, the producer, whatever name uh, that is on the cover of a normal CD was there. But when you would open the CD cases, it was empty. And next to that, I made a video installation. It was uh, six faces of uh, these amazing women singers singing, singing actually their heart out, a very emotional sing, Persians uh, 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 and folk, folklore and um, Iranian traditional mu uh, uh, music. And one was like rock uh, singer. They all had their different genre that they would sing in that genre. They would sing and I filmed them, but it was mute. The video was mute. And um, left and right of the gallery, you would see big portrait, their faces while they were singing. And in front of them, the image that I came up to uh, create for the imaginary CD covers for each one of them. So that was my turning, it was a turning point kind of uh, in my career because I got the confidence that if I have an idea and if I work on it hard, if I think, if I shape it, uh, it could become something which many people can relate to. And um, yeah, that was the thing. And, uh, and you see something that I carried with myself, what I've learned uh, as a photojournalist was you must stay sharp and trust your instinct. That's very important in photojournalism. There is a lot of thinking on your feet and you have to develop a sense of move forward without a second guessing yourself. But when you branch out to a, a you know, a other, 
um, possibilities, let's say the more artistic way of practicing, um, then um, you uh, constantly have to uh, also shape a form. Not only the content is important, but also the form, the way you want to tell that story. Because I always say I'm a storyteller. The story always, it's a main uh, um, topic for me. It's, it's very important, but then I shape it when it comes to the, the, um, how, how I'm going to tell the story. Thank you, Nusha, for bringing into our attention the sexism happening in the music industry in Iran back in the days. Um, you just spoke of social storytelling, and I would like to know more. You have advocated for human rights, female voices in oppressed environments, and covered challenging conflicts and crises. How do you see your camera as a tool for social change? And what projects would you highlight that spoke to your heart the most? So I have always had these questions about the relationship between camera and myself, an artist, and the subject, in particular in a relation to the human condition under um, a conflict and oppression. So that was always my drive that took me to places. And, um, uh, you know, with the camera um, that... Uh, it, it is with the camera that I can explore, you know, that I can go to, to places. I'm not a very curious person. Let me say this about myself. If you, um, if I, I, I don't think if I didn't have my camera uh, with me, I would never go to these places because um, I, I think a lot and I get, I'm a hypersensitive person. I get a, a lot of uh, um, in different emotions a day when, like, I walk on street, when I go somewhere. So if I, I can say how camera is important in my life is that without camera, even I don't go out a lot because um, I get headache, I get uh, dizzy. And this is because of the camera that, object that you know it pushes me to go towards those subjects that that it, they became also important part of me and um for example if i can say one of the latest projects that i did was um i two months ago i was in congo i went to congo because i was commissioned to do a project about sexual violence in congo and it was uh, unbelievable to see how in a country when the law is not uh, supporting women who are abused, this can be normalized and uh, even norm becoming normal for women who were raped. They think it's normal because uh, there are very few people who are trying to change that. And um, uh, it was really heartbreaking thing for me to see. Uh, like, for example, if I can say one of the examples, I was taking a portrait of a 16-year-old girl who was um, a witness the, the killing of her parents. And then later she became uh, displaced in another part of the country 
in Eastern Congo. And she had to take care of her uh, eight siblings, uh, smaller than her. And she also wanted to continue her study because she believed the only way she can bring changes and can change the, 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 the life of her sibling is by her to becoming educated and then finding a proper job. Uh, and in order to go to school, she had to work and she was fetching water for neighbors, other displaced people who live in a hut. And I have to say, like, the, the life there, the displaced people, they live in a very primitive way. They all live in a hut, like 15 people in a small hut that even three people cannot fit in. And they eat there, they change their clothes there, they sleep there. It's a very critical situation. And while she was going to fetch water, uh, she was pushed aside on the road uh, by uh, two guys on a motorbike and she was raped by two guys. And she was uh, wounded. She was uh, um, sexually um, uh, got diseases because of the two rapists. But she had to act normal in front of her sibling. And she had to come home, she had to cook, and she had to sit and look at the siblings eating. And that was really hard. Uh, I mean, the thing that I accepted to go to Congo, it was that I thought it's going to be a difficult uh, journey for me. But, you know, after Corona, I thought we are all a bit stronger because we all went through a lot. But when I went to Congo, I realized, you know, no matter yourself, what you go through, when you hear these stories, but you know, without you and people like you, this story stays untold, how our job is important. So for me, um, I'm, I'm so lucky that I get this, um, you know, chances to go travel and to being a storyteller and to bring uh, the story of these people who are invisible, you know, to uh, to shade the light on them. Wow. Speechless, really. Um, because as you said, you never get what's actually going on around the world. We always imagine we know more, we read more or get informed by social media, awareness platforms or whatever that it is available to us. However, go through it up close is definitely something else. Even hearing it from you here is another kind of experience. So thank you for that. And that being said, you and I are both from Iran, a country that has been the topic of many political and social platforms. How would you say this affected your path as a female photographer? And uh, to you personally, what does it mean to bring into the world's attention the turbulent realities of countries as such? So, Kiana-Jun, um, I have to say this here. You know, I never really think of myself as a female photographer. I'm a woman, yes. But I normally do not embolden my gender, not unless the project I'm doing has to do with the gender, in which case my gender may have a bearing on how I approach my subject matter. Uh, I use... Um, you know, in my work, I like to be subtle, even when it's a, a harsh reality, um, and avoid those boxes which 
they can label you. Like I had to fight uh, throughout my career to not to be labeled as a um, Iranian female uh, Middle Eastern photographer because I truly believe if you play that game and if you want to play that role, you box yourself so much that later throughout your career, in a later stage of your work, uh, you cannot unlabel yourself and those labels, they stay on you. And especially in Iran, for example, I can, I can talk about like, you know, feminism here, right? Um, which, uh, you know, we know the situation of women in Iran. Uh, women are uh, underrepresented here, represented here. Women, when it comes to law for divorcing, they don't have uh, the same right as men. When it comes to uh, their child, they don't have the same right. And, uh, of course, you know, the, the headscarf that we all have to wear, uh, despite if you believe in it, in it or not. Uh, and um, I had to think about it a lot uh, that if I if I do want to uh, be, you know, activist uh, when it comes to my photography or not. And I think um, in after like seven, eight years uh, uh, from the beginning of my uh, career, I decide. Uh, career, I decided uh, to share to not to put myself in a box and uh, to be a photographer who can go everywhere, who can take pictures of many different topics. And of course, my background as an Iranian and my gender play a role, but normally I don't talk about it because I think um, um, you are labeling yourself. And the thing is like, I've seen many male photographer and let's say one of them is your uncle, uh, Amir Musavi, who is my dear friend here in Iran, who is more sensitive than women. And, and that's beautiful. And, and we have many women photographers here in Iran that they have no sensitivity when it comes to their photograph. So you see, it's a bit confusing and it's not very easy to, um, to explain, but uh, this has uh, always been my concern and I'm trying to find a way to... <laughs> Uh, find the right spot for myself and 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 yes as as an Iranian when I travel to other countries which the topic is sensitive because of my own lifestyle because of all the condition of a country that I brought up and I live in still you have certain sensitivity which is only come by experiencing yourself you have empathy for the subject you have empathy for those people not just the sympathy oh i couldn't agree more with you nusha we should remain beyond the boxes and frames that the society is imposing on us uh there is much more to consider and work on and honestly i'm, I'm still shaken as you can probably hear from the stories you are sharing with us today we do live in a critical time indeed and this is why i want to ask you my next question about what are you working on at this very moment and what do you feel is urgent and necessary for you to narrate via your lens 
um, you know, um, I turned 40 some months ago. <laughs> and I think that is the age one's ambitions and ideas start to solidify. Uh, I'm reading more and I'm doing more research. Uh, I'm trying to give more depth to my ideas. That's becoming very important um, to not to jump from this story to another, but to choose one topic which is very important to me and go deep and uh, find more layers regarding that topic uh, to in order to express it. Um, I'm very interested in making films now. I have co-written a script with one of my friends here about Romania uh, because I was again commissioned uh, to do a book about Romania and I was there for a couple of months. I was traveling around Romania and uh, suddenly uh, I realized that I'm in a country where uh, there is nothing in common with Iran. Uh, but yet there are so many um, feelings and share, um, share, um, uh, how do you say? Uh, um, yeah, share, we feeling, uh, we share exactly experiences, exactly. Yeah, the same thing. And I think because uh, also Romania, they lived uh, under a totalitarian regime for a long time, Ceausescu. And I was talking to people and I realized that even uh, 20, uh, uh, you know, um, 20 or 30 years from now, those feelings that you experience will stick in you and will never leave you. Maybe then the I don't know the the tenth or the twentieth generation they can be clean of those feelings and those emotions, but until then um, it's like a disease is go from one uh, you know uh, uh, one person to the to the to the next and that really strikes me and because my mind is always uh, maybe I travel a lot uh, around but my uh, mind is mostly is here in Iran because I love my country and I'm worried about what is going to happen here and uh, with all these amazing young people talented and uh, so I'm also worried uh, about my country like many others around the world um, so in Romania I thought like I can do um, something there which also is related to Iran. So make Romania my playground. So I um, uh, wrote the script with my friend and I'm hoping that after the pandemic, uh, I will get a chance to go there and make that film. But uh, in between, uh, I mean, until then, um, of course I get commissions, I go here and there, but you never know what comes next. Nusha, thank you for the incredible, moving, many feelings all together, really kind of a conversation. Too many ups and downs for me, at least. Uh, unfortunately, our conversation is coming to an end. But before we finish, how about we play a game of association? And me and Farah are going to give you four words. Would you please tell us the first thing that comes to your mind after hearing them? I will start with home. Sense of smell. My turn, Nusha. How about patriarchy? 
uh, outdated way of thinking, which uh -huh. unfortunately is embedded in many cultural, uh, in many culture and countries. How about escaping? Clouds. And the last one from me is your camera. The tool which is without blind. This was truly inspiring, beautiful. Thank you so much, ladies, for this honest conversation, raising absolutely crucial questions. Anusha, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, uh, wisdom, experience with us today.